Hello, welcome to today's episode of the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition's podcast, AJCN in Press. I am super fortunate to be joined today by both Dr. Jessica Fonzo and Dr. Lorraine Brennan, who are our news journal section editors for the Food Systems and Environment section and Nutrigenomics and Precision Nutrition. Welcome. Good to be here. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Delighted to be here. And do you guys mind introducing yourself real quick? Sure, I'll go first. Um, my name is Jess Fonzo, and I am a Bloomberg Distinguished Professor at Johns Hopkins University. And I do most of my work focusing on how food systems are impacting diets from a healthy standpoint and a sustainability standpoint. It's, and hence why I'm leading this uh, section for AJCN on food systems and environment. Great. Um, my name is Lorraine Brennan, and I'm based in University College Dublin in Ireland. Um, I'm a professor of human nutrition here, and I lead a research group really with two main interests. First is one is in the development of precision nutrition, and the second is the use of metabolomics to improve our dietary assessment techniques. Well, I'm super excited to have you both here today. I debated about whether we should have separate episodes or not, given that, you know, the food systems and the environment and precision nutrition ostensibly seem quite different, but they're sort of both systems looks at everything from the cellular level about nutrition to the foods, like the whole food system and a, a larger kind of macro scale view. So I thought it'd be a nice contrast to have you both on at the same time. Um, and I really just wanted to kind of dive into what the rationale was for these new categories within the journal and uh, sort of what you want authors and prospective readers of the journal to know about your section. So I think Jess, you've been going first. Um, do you want to dive into, so why food systems in the environment? Yeah. So I think, you know, the AJCN has really focused a lot on nutrition. And of course, there's been a lot of articles on the impacts of food and diet on nutrition, but how do we, integrate food systems in all of their complexity and how those impact diets, human health, as well as a range of other outcomes, thinking about economic growth, natural resource and environmental resiliency, and sociocultural factors, all are outcomes of the food systems. So I think we're really at an interesting moment in the world, you know, climate change is barreling down on us. Um, we have significant environmental degradation, and food systems are victims of that, of climate change, but they're also instigators of climate change. And our diets, what we consume, and the nutritional status uh, are, are critically important in food systems, health and, and sustainability, as well as what we eat will have significant implications for climate and the environment, as well as our own health. So how do we bring all those worlds together? And that's what this, this uh, section really focuses on is what is the role of food systems for diets and nutrition and how does environment interplay into that uh, relationship? 
Awesome. I love that that's, you know, this section is in a clinical nutrition journal because often you feel like the environmental conversations are siloed from the nutrition, but they're so, there's so much reciprocity between the two. And I think this section in AJCN will really acknowledge that. Yeah, we're in a moment now. You know, the UN Food Summit's happening in October, first time the UN will meet on food. And that's really, again, a call for, um, you know, the situation that we're in now with massive climate change and inequities of diets, people can't afford healthy diets. So how can we improve food systems to ensure that we have both human and planetary health? And speaking of human health, Dr. Brennan, what's, uh, what's the impetus for tackling precision nutrition? Well, I guess it comes from the fact that we've really started to realize in the last five to 10 years that there's huge variability in individuals' response to food. So, an indiv- And that huge variability has really and hindered, hindered us in, in progressing, really, and not just in progressing our understanding of the relationship between food and health, but actually also food and, and disease. And I think at this, now we have the tools where we can harness that individual response and we can actually start to really understand it. And if we can understand that individual response to food and dietary patterns, et cetera, then we have a chance of really moving towards precision nutrition. So eventually moving towards identifying the best diet for, the, for a particular person at a particular time. And the tools that have enabled us to do this are the nutrigenomics tools. So we're talking about genomics, um, assessing the microbiome. We're talking about looking at metabolomics, proteomics and transcriptomics. So uh, an array of those tools really allow us to look at individuals at a very deep molecular level and understanding this individual responses. Awesome. It's kind of interesting to watch these two worlds sort of collide and then develop at the same time as we try and understand how to best address all the subgroups and the individual responses to diet and from a health perspective, and then also make sure that the food system can can meet those demands of you know having a diverse, flexible food system to that is able to meet the needs of the very individual dietary requirements of individuals and also their social sociocultural and economic preferences. So what do you both want authors who are potentially submitting manuscripts to know about these subsections? For the food systems and environment, I think we want to see more articles that are in manuscripts that are trying to tease out um, some of the issues in which uh, nutrition and health uh, interact with food systems. So we're looking for research that connects agriculture, food value chains, climate, environment to diets and nutrition and human health. But we're also looking for, for manuscripts that fill certain gaps. You know, we still don't know what is considered a healthy and sustainable diet in different contexts, particularly low-income contexts. Uh, we don't know how to shift consumer behaviors and dietary choices to those that are more sustainable, but also culturally and socially appropriate. And our tools are quite limited on how we measure uh, food systems, you know, looking at different types of data that cross food systems. How do we integrate that data? How do we integrate disciplines that food systems touch so much on. So we're looking for 
new ways to look at food environments, new ways to analyze data that bring these somewhat disparate disciplines together. Awesome. I'm trying to imagine the the author teams here, like (laughs) agroeconomists and ecologists and all sorts of people come together. Very multidisciplinary. (laughs) And how about you, Dr. Brennan? Well, from us, I guess, first and foremost, we want to tell the scientific community that we're open for their manuscripts, that we really want to welcome more molecular manuscripts, trying to understand mechanisms and really trying to to be be encompassing that aspects of of nutrition. And I think we really have to move forward in, in our understanding. So there's lots of questions that we need to answer, some either from the very basic fundamental issues such as how do we measure diet and we start we're starting to see that metabolomics can open up uh, a a new avenue there and can really help us with objective biomarkers we're open really for trying to answer some of those key questions that are in in nutrition and also to move them towards precision nutrition it is really what people think of and what people are moving towards so but again there's fundamental work that needs to be done before we we get there and ultimately, it, it is, as you said, the two worlds colliding. It is then trying to make people aware that you have this concept of precision nutrition, but we have to do it in the context of our, our larger food system. So hopefully one day we might even see a, a, um, a paper crossing both disciplines, which would be fantastic. Awesome. So we just talked about who you want the authors to, to be and what we want the authors to look like, but who do you want the readership to be? And I guess who's your intended readership, but who do you also aspire to read your journal sections? I mean, for I hope that the AJCN readership reads it. You know, I think overall, when you look at these more traditional journals in nutrition, there hasn't been a lot of emphasis on uh, food systems. And there certainly hasn't been a lot of integration of thinking about Uh, some of the elements of food systems like agriculture, food environments, um, how food is processed and packaged and transported and how that then impacts diets and nutrition. So to me, it's, it's a great call to bring more nutritionists to be thinking about systems type uh, approaches, systems thinking Um, I mean, you can imagine the COVID pandemic and its impacts on the food system, the ability to move food around the world, um, the impacts on food workers and their health. That's all going to have ramifications on our diets either now or into the future, you know, this delayed effect. So to me, the the clinical nutrition community, getting them uh, to better uh, understand and think about these wider systems, I think, is important. And a really interesting um, paper came out maybe now a decade ago in The Lancet. It was uh, a, Lance, a Lancet commission report looking at planetary health. So this is before another famous commission report came out called the Eat Lancet Report. But this report was looking at climate change and its, its impacts on health. And Richard Horton, the editor of The Lancet, was at a global health conference, and there was probably 3,000 people there, and he he raised the the report in his hand and said, how many people have read 
this Health and Climate Change Commission report. And of the 3,000 people, about three people raised their hand. So I think there's a real need for the overall global health community, and in this case, the nutrition community, to get a, a much better understanding of how important their work is in the context of food systems and more broadly, climate disruption, which is going to impact all of us in every sector in all of the work that we do. So to me, it's a, it's, I'm hoping that we get more nutrition of the more of the nutrition community thinking about climate in the context of food systems. So we should send a free subscription to AGCN to every Congress member also. That's what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, governments are thinking about climate change. They don't have a choice, right? It's, It's a huge threat. It's a massive risk to every system, health, food economic systems. Um, I think some of some of the more disciplines in the science community don't think enough about, about climate and uh, its implications to the work that they do. No, definitely. I, I've tried to incorporate it into some of the more molecular biochemical work I do where I'm like, hmm, I think this is important, but could the food system actually meet the, the demand if it were to increase? Um, but it also kind of makes me think about too, like, the journal section that you're editing, the food systems and the environment, could have a huge role for industry in some way, at least imp- huge implications for industry. But I guess I'm curious how much, um, you know, industry-funded work there is in this area, and what role you see industry playing in in the science here. It's always a, a hot topic in nutrition, but I think it comes up for both sections of how does industry meet the needs of both the developing food system and uh, also precision nutrition. I think we need to tread really carefully about industry-funded research in this space. It's super contentious. You've got the livestock industry. You've got the plant-based industry. um, You've got the dairy industry. And they all have incredible stakes in this game. The Eat Lancet Commission really argued for a plant-based diet. That did not go well for the livestock sector. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's going to win and someone's going to lose in that scenario. So I think as a scientific journal, we need to be really careful about papers that come in that have a certain industry that has funded that research because this space of healthy and sustainable diets is under incredible scrutiny of who is supporting which science and for what agenda. And of course, you know, non-industry funded research is better than, (laughs) you know, it creates less bias and less suspicion and less conflicts of interest. Uh, So. Definitely. I think that's good for prospective authors to know for sure, as they think about how to fund this work and and how the, who's, who's paying for the innovation. (laughs) Dr. Brennan, um, so who do you want to be the readership uh, or who do you intend to be the readership and who's your aspirational readership for this section? Well, yeah, I, I hope again, I hope that the re- current readers of the AJCN will be very excited to see this section. Um, I think we can also expand our readership in, for, to, into other nutritionists who maybe class themselves more as molecular nutritionists who don't necessarily think that their work has will have an impact 
at the level of clinical nutrition or the level of population nutrition. So I think we have a real opportunity here to show that we actually can merge that molecular work with the clinical work and with population nutrition work. Um, I'd also like to think that people that are interested in reading Jess's new section on food systems would also like to be reading about precision nutrition because it, it is the way we're going to go in, in nutrition. We're going to have to change our recommendations to be more tailored to individuals. We're going to have to rethink the whole how we recommend um, diets to individuals. So I but saying that we have to do it in the context of our, our food system. So I would hope that it would have a really broad readership and attract new readers as well to the, to the AJCN. So with that, do you, I guess, do we want to, how do we engage more basic scientists? I, you said molecular nutrition, my, my PhD is in molecular nutrition. And I always, I found I've almost in all the, you know, pretty much all the research settings I've been, I've always kept a foot in a cell molecular biology department and a foot in a nutrition department because the two worlds don't play quite as well. So I guess I see that as a huge challenge for your section of how do you get the kind of transgenic mouse people reading <laughs> AJCN? Well, I think we can get them to read AJCN if there is relevance for human nutrition and if there is demonstrable re relevance for human nutrition. Um, I think that's the way it's going at the moment. So if we can develop the section, but keeping the relevance on, on human nutrition and making sure that, that that's there first and foremost, I think the molecular nutrition people will start, will start to read, yes. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you both for coming on and introducing your sections. Is there anything that you kind of want to end on, want readers to take away or listeners to take away? From my perspective, for the food systems and environment, which I think really nicely dovetails with Lorraine's uh, new section as well, but I think that there's a real uh, need for the nutrition community to answer some of these bigger issues like having uh, optimal human and planetary health and how do we meet the demands of a growing human population. Um, and if we can't, what trade-offs are we willing to live with? But for the nutrition community to answer those kinds of questions, they absolutely have to collaborate with other disciplines, other experts, other sectors to de really develop a more nuanced understanding of how making these shifts in food systems would have impacts on, on human nutrition. So I just really encourage uh, scientists, researchers, collaborators to collaborate, um, reach across the aisle <laughs> to other uh, disciplines and, and learn new languages of those disciplines and, and, um, try to solve some of these really wicked challenges that we're facing in the 21st century. And I think uh, the fact that AJCN and, and Chris Duggan has, has started this section is a real show of how the nutrition community is changing and trying to get at some of these grand challenges that we face. So really looking forward to seeing the, the new papers coming to the journal on uh, food systems and environment. Awesome. Dr. Brennan, any last parting words for listeners? 
Well, I think we all know that the, or we're all aware that the NIH launched its new strategy and roadmap last year. And first and foremost in that strategy is precision nutrition. So it's here. We're going to have to change uh, how, how we do things in nutrition, but we have an awful lot to learn. We really have a lot to, to learn before we get there. And I think there is huge opportunities now to do really good science, to do really good science that's relevant for human nutrition in the context of precision nutrition. And I really encourage you to submit that to AJCN. We're really looking for those exciting studies that are going to help our understanding or really help us understand how we can move towards precision nutrition. There's no magic bullet for it. And I think we have a lot of exciting work to, to do to get there. And I encourage you to submit. And I really look forward to reading some of the, the papers that, that come in in this area. Awesome. And I hope all listeners know that uh, ASN 2021 will also be virtual. And I think uh, it would be great if you, after this conversation, I think interdisciplinary is definitely a theme that is going to come out. So I encourage you all to encourage your students and collaborators to to come join us virtually and start to network and, and build those uh, friendships and collaborations that are ultimately going to drive both food systems in the environment and precision nutrition forward. Thank you both, Dr. Afonso and Dr. Brennan, for joining me today, and uh, hope to have you on again in the future to talk about uh, updates of how these sections are going. Thanks for having us, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. It was a pleasure.